Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. Hey, Danny, how's it going, man? You have a little cough? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, cool. Well, that's a good way to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get it all out before the show started. Yeah, man, that, that sounds good. I think I might have you in the background of the, of the audio. That might be kind of, actually kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> a, little, a little cough action. But anyway, we have so much to do. Let's go. All right. Was that too quick? <laughs> Should I embellish or anything? or No? That's good? I don't know. I mean... Well, how you been, man? How you feeling? I'm doing okay. That's good. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know. You kind of took me on a different path on that. I know it's a little different. I, I was like, you know, I was saying, how am I? I was driving down today on on the way to the studios. I'm like, how am I going to start this show a little different? You know, instead of the the normal rigmarole, especially since we have a lot to talk about. And uh-huh. I'm just like, well, I mean, I'll just pop on and say, all right, we got a lot of stuff to go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it might have been too quick. I don't that, know. That was planned. I thought you were actually asking me that, like, you know, off, like, hey, I'll edit this part out. But did I go too fast? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was planned. This was planned. Oh, okay. Well, this was different. Oh, wow. Uh, then, uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> so uh, this will be number one of me throwing you off. So I'm actually going to do that again a little bit later. And get some natural reaction too, based on another one of all in WDW's polls. Okay. Just to tease a little bit what's happening in the show. But anyway, yeah, man, I get so excited when whenever I know the show recording dates coming up and I start prepping and it's like, you know, I, I, I listen to the podcast anyway, so I'm always on that constant high, but it gets even worse when, uh, as the closer we get to recording, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's, yeah. You get antsy. I get antsy. So, <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> let's well, get, what's well, that? What do you want to start with? I mean, you're you're you're, you're rambling, and you want to. We, we got to go. We gotta oh, go. okay. We should start with the queue then. <laughs> so here we go. Let's get in. Let's get in line, man. Ah, uh, here we are. This right. is a quite a long line. Yeah, yeah. It's about 120 minutes. Stand oh. by. What, what is this? Uh, t- uh, Toy Story Mania at I about guess. four in the afternoon. Yeah, let's say that okay. about four in the afternoon. All the pass passes are gone, so yeah. now we're stuck in line. <laughs> you know. All right. All right. First up in the queue, Disney's Festival of the Lion King is getting a new home. How do you like that, man? We were just talking on a show about the uh, the Beastly Kingdom and mm-hmm. and and the Lion King. I'm glad the show's staying. I like the show, but yeah. where's it going? I was going to ask you. Do you know? No. You want to well, guess? I think it's going... Oh, wait. I think I read this. It's going to Africa. It's going to Africa. Well, Jumbo, man. <laughs> Jumbo, Jumbo. What? That fits. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like it a lot better there than, yeah. than so, I do over in Camp Mini Mickey. Which will no longer exist, I'm sure. Camp Mini Mickey. Yeah, right? speaking of which, they also announced in, in sad news, they also announced that gonna, there's going to be an Avatar 4. Avatar 4, really? Yeah, they're already confirming that there's going to be an Avatar. James Cameron apparently just can't get enough of this... It's on paper <laughs> and out of his head. No, we we, we love Avatar. Nah. Yeah. No, he doesn't. No, I really don't. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. You know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, it's going to Africa. I think that's going to be a great fit. It is. And uh, it's going to be opening uh, somewhere in 2014. So, so Africa is going to have a Kilimanjaro Safari. So they have a, a really big attraction, mm-hmm. especially in the studios. That's like one of the biggest attractions of studios. And now it's going to have one of the biggest shows. That's going to get pretty crowded back there, I think. The studios. Oh wait, I'm sorry, not studios. What did I say? 
You said studios. No, they have the safaris. It's one of the biggest attractions in Animal Kingdom. In the studios. Okay. That's and the the Legend of Lion King is not one of the biggest shows in the in the Animal Kingdom. That's a pretty popular show, I think. But oh. anyway, yeah, it's uh, so they're get, it's going to get... Well, I'm, I guess my point is it's going to get pretty crowded back there in Africa. I mean, it gets kind of crowded on the way to the safaris as it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wonder if the infrastructure can handle all this, especially when the show lets out. Depending on where they build it and where they put it and how it dumps out, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping they would think about this, but you know, it gets if you th- you cross the bridge and it gets it does get a little crowded in there, especially when you get that turn off to the right, or you go straight to get to the safaris on the Maharaja Jungle Trek, mm-hmm. uh, or the C- Conservation Station train. You take a ride or something like that. It, it gets pretty packed. Yeah, it could you know? be. I I don't think I don't think it's gonna be that big of a problem. Huh? You yeah, really it should be. No, so? I don't think it'd be a major deal, but it will get. I I, I do envision it getting congested. Especially on a busy day, hmm. you know, like uh, I guess the, the seasons when I travel. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will be at Avatar Land. <laughs> that should be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I, we might have to take our first trip together. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking that today. So we haven't taken a uh, I'm, I'm totally taking this in aside, <laughs> but we haven't taken a trip down in Walt Disney World together ever. Well, you know what? That can segue into our second news story. Oh, yeah. Our second news story is Which that. Is? There is a special that they're running for those interested in going uh, on a late summer or early fall Disneyland vacation. Would this be free dining? No, this isn't oh, free dining. Oh, it's not free dining. Okay. No. Oh. They don't have a dining plan for Disneyland. Oh, Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was no, thinking Disney. I'm in Disney World. Sorry. This is for those who have, who have always wanted to try Disneyland and need an excuse to do it. Yep. That's what they got. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you're looking to vacation around that time. Uh, they're going to be running a special uh, through uh, September 5th. Okay. Starting in July uh, 30th, uh, where you're going to be, where you can get 20% off Sunday through Thursday nights at any of the three hotels on Disneyland property, which would be Paradise Pier, Disneyland Hotel, and in, in Grand California. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 and, That's uh, really good. Yeah. So it's August 25th through September 28th. And the booking dates are July 30th through uh, July 30th through September 5th. And usually Sunday through Thursday hotel prices are cheap anyway. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that just adds a little bit more flame to that good fire. Yeah. Now it's uh, the limit is two rooms per reservation, five max per room. Um, it's not valid in combination with any other hotel offer or discount, mm-hmm. and a separate theme park admission is going to be required. So mm-hmm. okay. So all you'd really be saving on is a 20% for your hotel room. For your hotel room, yeah. So I guess what, that's that taxes or something? Yeah. Fees or whatever fees they have out there in California for hotels and lodging and whatnot? Pretty much. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. We we, we talked about doing a, a Disney trip, but yeah. that wasn't quite Disney World. That was Disneyland, that was Disneyland but that's Land, what we were planning anyway. Right, exactly. And the Disney company and the wine scenes are going to be adapting Artemis Fowl, the popular book series, into film. Whoa. Yeah, that okay. Eight that I think it's a series of eight books right. that they did. Uh, it's about a 12-year-old multi-millionaire criminal mastermind. Um, who, Excuse me, how's that again? <laughs> yeah, it's a, Artemis Falls, a little yeah. 12-year-old millionaire criminal mastermind who huh. becomes a good person over time. And, uh, you know, there uh, I think there's like eight books cool. in the series. So Disney's teaming up with the wine scenes, which is kind of strange in the sense that there was some bad blood over the right. whole Miramax deal. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Disney's teaming up to bring you a new film. A new, I guess this is going to be their version of Harry Potter. Have you read any of these? Or? No, not really. I mean, I know what they are. But yeah. it's like, I'm not too familiar I, with it either, but it's, it kind of sounds like a Richie Rich with a dark past. 
Well, it's like um, there's fairies and, and trolls and gnomes and stuff. It, also, it there's is, magic. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like that. You'd have to look at some of the... Um, they do have some, a couple of graphic novels they did, and it gives you a little bit of a, hmm. an idea of the look of, of what the book is supposed to be. Um, but, yeah, it, I actually heard it described once as a diehard with fairies. Oh, Interesting. Yes. So that's going to be like their Harry Potter series, like you said. Uh, that's what I would think. That I'd be at least curious. That's what they're going for. I'd be curious to know. Yeah. I mean, it, might, it might make me get the books and start reading it. Like, you know, it's funny with Harry Potter. I didn't even uh, I didn't even entertain reading the books until I started watching the movies. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let me go re- back and read these. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm totally hooked. I'm like mm-hmm. a Harry Potter fan. So this might be what, this might be the same thing for that. Oh, I, I would hope so. I mean, I've read the, all the books in the Harry Potter thing. Um, oh, yeah, they're excellent. Great, yeah, fun, fun read, definitely fun read. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Avatar Land, and then you have this dude Fowler, right? Yeah. So I wonder if they, since there's there's both kind of magical, fantastical things, I wonder if the, you, you, we're going to end up seeing maybe like a little, little bit of that in the Animal Kingdom in that same particular land. <coughs> I'll I'll give Avatar a ride. I don't want a land. <laughs> right, right. But that's the thing. Maybe if they start releasing those movies, like, well, maybe we shouldn't give them a land. We'll give them a ride. Mm-hmm. And make this all kind of like a little, I don't know what you call it. It's almost like a, not really a beastly kingdom, but something else. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, a world of fantasy of some sort. Yeah, their little fantasy land. Fantastic. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There's yeah. that fantasy land over there at the, uh, that big park over there across the bay. I know. It's something to ponder upon. You know, we have to keep our eyes on that. Not starting any rumors, <laughs> but you know, it almost leads to question whether or not that may happen in the future. Who knows? All right, Danny, the last thing I want to talk about in the queue, man, is another poll. And another poll from WD, uh, all in WDW. Last week, we talked about the uh, performers over at Epcot. This week, I was perusing through his website. It's Bob's website. Hey, Bob, how you doing, man? Nice chatting with you today. Um, and I found this reader poll based on the reader's favorite attraction in Walt Disney World. And he kind of entitled the poll King of the World. Okay, and there was uh, I, I I forgot to get the specifics on how we picked these particular attractions, but they're pretty reputable and big attractions. But I could tell you how he seeded it. Okay, um, he had the attractions they have up uh, were like Haunted Mansion, Expedition Everest, Rock and Roller Coaster, Illuminations, Splash Mountain, Twilight Zone, Tower Terror, Kilimanjaro Safari, Spaceship Earth. A lot of the big attractions that you have in Disney World. Okay. How he seeded it was it was rather interesting. He had a series of trivia questions um, that he had for each attraction. And the, the question that had, I guess, the most responses um, or most participation in would be seated higher than the ones that were before it. So that's how it's so at the end of the week when he was doing each one of the, the trivia question polls. Um, he was able to uh, rank each of the uh, attractions in that particular order based on reader participation. His his people, the all in WW world participation in that poll. Mm-hmm. You see, so um, well, you know, while we're at it, let, let me let me show you some of the trivia, and I'll, I'll give you a little a little quiz here. See if you can what you can figure out. Um, all right, so the first question deals with Splash Mountain. All right. And this is, what, of course, Splash Mountain is one of the attractions that's in the poll. Uh, he says, during your log flume adventure through Splash Mountain, which one of these whimsical places can you visit? Laughing Place Landing, Brer Fox's Hill, um, Critter Cave, or Splashdown Swamp? Which one of these can you visit? 
Now, this is something that's actually labeled in the attraction, or is this something like... I believe so, because I think I've, you know, the winner, I think I've seen this in uh, the attraction itself. And what was the third one? The third one was Critter Cave. I'm going to go with the first one. Laughing Place Landing? Yeah. You would be correct. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. And just to give you another, here's another question in that same week that he had. And this, goes, this poll goes back to April. So for our listeners that want to check this out and see the results, you know, I'm a total geek about poll stuff and everything else. Um, it's in his, if you look down on the right side of his website, it's in the April archives, April 2013. So anyway, here's a Haunted Mansion question for you. Okay, <laughs> since I know you like Haunted Mansion. Okay. Um, this second question, the infamous bride that haunts the Magic Kingdom's mansion is named blank. Do you know it before I even read the answers? No. Wait. What's the name of the bride? bride. Uh, I guarantee you, if you hear it, you're probably like, oh, yeah. You want me to give the answers? What, the, whoa, you got the... Uh, I, have the I have the answers, the choices that you can... Oh, the choice. Yeah, go ahead. And I was going to see uh, if you knew it bad. before. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the first choice is Constance... Constance Hathaway, Hatchaway, yeah. Oh, Constance, right? Yeah, Constance. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just to give you the other names he gave was Melanie Ravenswood, Lucretia, no, <laughs> <laughs> and Priscilla Gore. <laughs> Six people voted for Priscilla Gore. Okay, that was cute. I like that. Constance Hatchaway. That's right. Hatchaway. Don't you you're like that the last name Hatchaway? Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of it, but you're right. As soon as you said it, I knew it. All right, so he had a bunch of trivia questions just like that. And he took the top two from each of the parks um, as far as participation and everything else in the trivia questions. Um, and he, he, he took those and put them into a, a poll and seeded them. So the top, the champions from each of the parks that got the most participation were as follows. Um, Illuminations. And this is an order of seed, by the way. Okay. So the first place seed in this, in the, of all the top place finishers is Illuminations. Mm -hmm. Then the next one, second place would be Splash Mountain. Third place would be the Tower of Terror. And fourth place would be Expedition Everest. So those are all the champions from each of the parks. And Illuminations had about 81% of, uh, uh, of, of votes, total, total trivia poll votes, versus Everest's 45. So it was a, kind of a big spread. I was going to say, wouldn't it stand the reason then that uh, th they would kind of finish out in that exact... Uh, if most of the people are responding yeah. in that... And, and Th these are the ones that are getting the most responses. Wouldn't it follow that the voting would be kind of similar? Maybe. But okay. he, 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 pits, uh, he pits all the attractions against each other, kind of like the NCAA. He did this during the March Madness kind of thing, this whole poll thing. So mm -hmm. uh, I'll explain that in a second. But anyway, just to let you know, the second place finishers are as follows. And this is each, each of the parks. Uh, the first seed out of the second place finishers is Spaceship Earth. The second seed is Haunted Mansion. The third seed is Rock and Roller Coaster. And the fourth seed is Kilimanjaro Safaris. This one had a big spread, too. Spaceship Earth got 72 votes participation, and the Safaris only got 38. Mm. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So, and as I read from his site, this is how he did it. Each of the groups below are filled by two champions and two runner-ups. So, <laughs> the seeds number one and four. So, out of the, top, out of the champions, seeds number one and four, which is Illuminations and, Mount, uh, and Expedition Everest. I keep calling it Mount Everest. <laughs> You know, I guess that's technically the term, but uh, Expedition Everest. Um, those two people are going to go up against uh, two people from the second place finishers, seeds number two and three, which is the, man the Haunted Mansion and the Rock and Roller Coaster. So in one group bracket, you have the Haunted Mansion, Expedition Everest, Rock and Roller Coaster, and Illuminations. Okay. 
in the second bracket are, I guess, of course, the other ones. Seeds number two and three from the champions uh, meet number one and four from the runners up. Okay. So in that particular side, you have Splash Mountain, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and Spaceship Earth. So my question to you, let's go. This is King of the World round one. Mm-hmm. In this bracket, you have the Haunted Mansion, Expedition Everest, Rock and Roller Coaster, Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Okay, I guess I should be specific with what version of Illuminations is. But what do you think are the top two that made it on to the next and final? Actually, let me ask this. Which two would you have voted for if you had to put them at the top? One more time. It's a, a Haunted Mansion, Expedition Everest, Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith, mm-hmm. Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Which two would I would have voted for? Yeah, which two would you... And then I'm going to ask you which two do you th- actually came out. Now, it could be one and the same or it could be none. I, I, I think that these are the two I would have voted for and these are what I hope it would have come out. All right. Haunted Mansion and Illuminations. Okay. You got one of those, right? Okay. So uh, what do you, who do you think uh, uh, came out? I'm going to say then Haunted Mansion and Expedition Everest. You're correct. Okay. In that respect, yes. Uh, yeah, I would have voted for Haunted Mansion and actually yeah, Illuminations as well. Yeah. I like both of those attractions. Me too. Over the other two. But yeah, so uh, Haunted Mansion, we'll move on to the final round, had 91 votes. Expedition Everest got 53 votes. Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith, has 41 votes. Illuminations has 32 votes. So if you could tell, this poll has a lot more participation than when we did last week. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we're going to drum up some more because this is actually pretty good. Now, this is King of the World round two. Okay. You ready? In this bracket, we have Splash Mountain, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Kilimanjaro Safaris Expedition, mm-hmm. and Spaceship Earth. So which two do, would you have voted for? This current version of Spaceship Earth? Uh, he didn't specify, but that's what I'm assuming, the Judy Dench version. I'd go Splash Mountain Tower of Terror. And what do you think came out? Depends on, on what version of this. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. I'll say Splash Mountain and Tower of Terror. You are correct. Those are the top two in that particular round, which we'll move on to mm-hmm. face the other two guys. Um, Splash Mountain got 78 votes. Twilight Zone got 53. Kilimanjaro got 44. And Spaceship Earth got 39. Hmm. Poor Spaceship Earth. Yeah, I'm, I am surprised. But, I mean, that, that's tough. I mean, that's tough competition. It is tough competition. I believe that. All right, so now in the final round of the King of the World. This is only a two-rounder. You have the Haunted Mansion, Expedition Everest, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, and Splash Mountain. And I need two? Yeah. You, uh, well, there's only one winner. So let's say which one Haunted would you Mansion. vote for? Yep. And you were correct. The Haunted Mansion won. And apparently, I was reading on his blog, they got, Haunted Mansion got 76 votes and Splash Mountain got 64. But all during the time, I think he does this on Saturday and whatnot. And he does the results on Sunday. So there's about a 24-hour period in which you can vote on these things. But he said, I was reading on his blog, and he said that Splash Mountain was in the lead, if you believe it or not. And then out of nowhere, uh, this vote started coming in for the Haunted Mansion. How do you like that? Uh, that's incredible to me. I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't even think it would have been in dispute. But I can see that to an extent. I really yeah. can. I mean, Splash Mountain's good. It's very, very good. It, it gives you the, you know, the thrill of plummeting right. off, you know, down the mountain, as well as all the animatronics. Right. As far as theming, both attractions are just, I mean, they're thick. I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, I mean, that's it's hard to, if I had to choose between those two, it'd be pretty hard as regards to theming because I mean they're both impeccable. Oh, know? absolutely, yeah. Um, let's see. 
Twilight Zone, well, you know, Twilight Zone was way down there. Would you have had that below Expedition Everest, do you think? I mean, I like Expedition Twilight Everest. Twilight Zone below Expedition Everest, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, granted, um, they're kind of close. They're only about maybe 14 votes apart as wow. compared to 76 with Haunted Mansion. But, I mean, you yeah. Know, yes, I would have um, really? Twilight I Zone in front of Expedition Everest. In, in front, yeah, I yeah. would too, oh, as okay. opposed to the other way around. Yeah, they, they, the voters on, the, on, the, on WDW World had Everest ahead of Twilight Zone, Tower Terror. How do you like that? It must have been like a new kind of thing. Oh, even though it's not been. all that new, uh, Twilight Zone's been around for a while. But I mean, when you think about the fact that the Yeti at the end doesn't really work, it's yeah. a strobe light effect. Disco Yeti, yeah. as everybody's calling it. Uh, you got that one little cartoon type animated sequence where yeah. you see the Yeti rip the track, you go backwards. Oh, I mean, it's kind of a straightforward roller coaster ride. Yeah. Whereas, it's unique. It's yeah. it's unique with the backwards aspect of it. It's almost like you're Norway, but you're on a coaster. Right. You know, kind of thing. But. Tower of Terror, I mean, you actually, you know, you see scenes right. as the elevators open. You actually leave out of the elevator shaft yep. and go into the, <laughs> what is it, the, the, the third, third dimension? dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, well, what elevator do you know goes sideways, left and right, exactly. or forward or backwards? Other than like the Willy Wonka, um, I forgot what he called it, the Wonka Vader. The glass elevator. Yeah, the glass yeah. elevator, the Wonka Vader. Yeah. But yeah, I would have I totally had Tower of Terror ahead of Expedition Area. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's an interesting way that it came out. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's 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 who won the King of the World is the Haunted Mansion, uh, where the come from behind sweep of Splash Mountain. That's really tough. That is really tough. It's tough, but I mean, come on, it's the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yeah, that's the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is pretty good. All right, man. So we uh, this is the second week where you started talking about the results of polls and stuff, you know. And ever since I heard uh, the guys, the boys on WDW today do their brackets as far as attractions. Head to head, and then I know, uh, found a Bob site all in WDW.com, um, and he started doing his polls and stuff. Man, did you ever want to participate and actually pitch your vote to a poll or anything? So you want to you want to be part of the results? You want to exercise your vote to write? Of course. Yes. So now you have your chance. <laughs> you talking with Bob today? We came up with uh, his fourth and final poll for this particular installment. He he did a series of polls, and y'all, our listeners can listen and look on his website. Um, polls about the best quick service restaurants in each of the parks. And so the last one that he has is Disney's Animal Kingdom, which he put together today. Now there's only seven of them, so this is gonna he's gonna work this kind of like a two rounder. Uh, the seven that WW that Walt Disney World lists as quick service are as follows: the Dawa Bar. Flame Tree Barbecue, the Kusafuri Coffee Shop and Bakery, Pizza Fari, Restaurantosaurus, the Tamu Tamu Refreshments, and Yak and Yeti Local Food Cafes. So those are the seven that Walt Disney World currently re- refers to as quick service options. What was in the dollar? Parks. What was that? The, the Dawa Bar? Yeah, what is that? It's like a little refreshment post over in, uh, in India. Yeah, it, you, you know, it's funny. You might pass it if you don't see it. Huh. If you're not really, because I think that bar blends in really well with the surroundings. Wow. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm thirsty. And so I'm looking around and it's like, oh, there's one right there, <laughs> you know. But yeah, the Dawa Bar. Yeah. Okay. I've been to the Dawa Bar. The only one I haven't been to is the Kus- the, the coffee shop. Kusafiri Coffee Shop and Bakery. I hadn't seen, I haven't been to that one. Isn't that the one, where is that at? That's right outside of the park? Yeah, it's in Africa, Danny. So <laughs> <laughs> it's right up in there. Um, I haven't been. I, you know, it might be that place that's usually pretty busy. And I never go because it's busy. Yeah. You know, it catches a lot of the people from the Kilimanjaro safaris and the, and the conservation station, everything like that. It's usually pretty covered up. 
Um, but I'm I'm looking at pictures here right now on 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 and on the website. And it's just like, man, it's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that place where you stop for coffee, like in the way into the park. There's like a little coffee shop. Um, oh, I, wonder right. you, I wonder if you put that in there. I wonder if that'd be considered quick start. Man, maybe I don't not. know, maybe because it's outside of the park. But I mean, I know that's where I usually stop because I mean, really? We, yeah, you, generally when we get to the Animal Kingdom, it's like you know, it's an early day. Right, right. So uh, yeah, I always stop to get my coffee from there. Oh, that's a good idea. I usually s- sneak through Rainforest Cafe and go through that entrance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Pizza Safari. Uh, you know, I was talking to Bob today. It's like you know, if Pizza Safari and Flame Tree Barbecue ever go head to head, I um. I don't know what I'd pick. Because <laughs> I, I remember I went to Pizza Fire for the first time in February. Really? Yeah. In a trip report, you can listen to those, our past shows. Anyway, um, yeah, I love Pizza Fire. I had a, a, you know, an amazing salad there. And usually I'll, I'll eat at Flame Tree. I like, I like Flame Tree's barbecue. See, you, I like Yak and Yeti the best. Do you like Yak and Really? Oh, I love it. I don't mind it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the dinner. I'm, I'm thinking Tuscrafts. Never mind. Yak and Yeti's good. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, where you can actually get, like, noodles, and, and it's not mm-hmm. your typical hamburger yeah, park pizza. Fair, yeah, yeah it's, it's, you can actually get, uh, uh, like, Chinese food. A little different. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay, so what he's going to do, the way this poll is going to work, and he's going to throw it up today, and he's going to have it over through the weekend, so you can participate, and our listeners can participate, um, is that he's going to have uh, everybody submit their top two out of that list. Mm-hmm. Okay, the top four vote getters will go on to round two to the final, mm-hmm. which will take place on Sunday. So, uh, if you're listening and you want to exercise your right to vote, man, go check it out. Uh, you got you got seven quick service options in Animal Kingdom, and the top two of the top two most popular vote getters will move on to the next round. So, if you had to vote right now, who would you vote for? I was gonna say, well, why don't we make this interesting? Yeah, what do you mean? Well. Why don't we each pick which we, one we think is going to win? Okay. All right. Oh, out of the whole thing? Out of out both of the, rounds? Out of whole, well, yeah, the whole thing. The, we both pick the ultimate winner. Okay. 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 We could do that. And the winner, uh, one of us, if one of us gets it, the other one buys uh, beer or buys dinner. Buys dinner. That yeah, works. Generally, right. we, we order, yes, we order a out when we a do this. A quick service dinner. We a should do A quick service dinner. Yes. So the, the winner, uh, what you call it, gets, gets dinner. Yes, and the uh, the the loser buys obviously. Or if we both get it wrong, then you know we don't we don't we don't get anything. We starve. <laughs> <laughs> Which is alright. I could use I could use a little starvation in my life. Um, okay, yeah, sounds fine. So as the listeners, as our witness, uh, Danny and I are going to pick out who the ultimate will- winner will be, as to be revealed on Sunday. I think it finishes on Sunday, and it's going to be revealed on Monday, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, it'll be announced on Sunday. Sorry, I'm looking at it. So round one is going to be tomorrow when we release our show. So okay. uh, for the, the, the all in WWW subscribers, we'll get that poll. Uh, but then hopefully when our show gets out, you'll be able to participate in that as well. Mm-hmm. And please do exercise your right to vote, everybody. Get out there. And in fact, stop the podcast because it's going to be out by now and <laughs> go vote on, on Bob's poll. Well, I want to get a good representation of all Disney fans and fanatics to see what actually quick service is. <laughs> You know, and next time I go to the trip, I will go eat there and take a picture of it and give you my review. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so round one will be tomorrow or today, I guess, mm-hmm. depending on when you're listening. It'll be Friday, uh, August 2nd. And then round two is Saturday, so that's the finale, and the heel announces the winner on Sunday. Okay, so as the listeners, as our witness, who do you think the ultimate winner will be? Give, give us the names one more time. The so names are Dawabar, 
Flame Tree Barbecue, Kusafiri Coffee Shop and Bakery, mm-hmm. Pizza Fari, Restaurantosaurus, the Tamu Tamu Refreshment Stand, Yak and Yeti Local Foods Cafes. Which do you think you know will be the ultimate winner when, uh, come Sunday? My gut says Flame Tree is going to win, but I'm going to I'm going to roll up my heart. I'm going to go with the Yak and Yeti. You're going to go with the Yak and Yeti? Yes. Ah, uh, let's see here. Give me. All right, so Yak and Yeti is Danny's vote. Let me think about. It's not going to be Restaurantosaurus. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yak and Yeti could be up there. I don't think it'll be the coffee shop. I don't think so either. I don't think it'll be the Dawa Bar. I think it's going to come down to Flame Tree Barbecue, Pizza Fari, Yak and Yeti, and, you know, I th- I may, yeah, Restaurantosaurus might be in there. Maybe. Maybe I mean, like an off-kilter thing. It's you know? a nice little, like, they have a nice hamburger bar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there. There's mm-hmm. seating. It's big. You know, I'll, I'll put that in there as like a, like a, a, a wild hair to make it in. Okay. So I guess out of that four, see, I, you know, and I told Bob this, I was like, you know, if it's Flame Tree versus Pizza Fari, I don't know. And then you throw Yak and Yeti down and it's like, I don't know. I'm going to pick, just to be different, I'm going to leave Yak and Yeti off. Okay. So now I'm down to, I'm not going to pick Restaurantosaurus. Okay. Uh, so it's down to Pizza Fari and Flame Tree for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to toss my vote, as much as I love Pizza Fari, to Flame Tree Barbecue. Uh, and I think that's going to be the one that wins. I think that, that might be the one that wins. So Danny votes for Yak and Yeti. I vote for Flame Tree. And you know what? They had that great little seating area down bottom of that little hill. Mm-hmm. That's right along the, the, the waterway kind of thing. It's, it's actually kind of neat. You know, yeah. It's covered. It's great. It's everything. The barbecue is killer. I like the, you know, the barbecue. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Flame Tree will win. Danny thinks Yak and Yeti. So we will find out. No. So, oh, you think? I think. <laughs> oh, you think Flame Tree is going to win? I think Flame Tree is going to win. I'm, I'm going with my heart. Oh, you're going with I'm, Yak and Yeti. I'm going okay. with Yak and Yeti. Because yeah. I, th- I, I legitimately do like their food options. It better. is good. I, I do like Yak and Yeti as well. Um, so, guys, listeners, go out there and vote. Go to Bob's website, www.allinwdw.com. Um, we'll put a link in our Facebook group as well as our show notes so you can go check that out. Place your vote, man. If you're listening to us today on your release day on Friday, yeah, now's your chance to go vote in round one. Round two is going to be t- on Saturday, August 3rd, and the winner will be announced on Friday. And we will talk about the entire poll process, talk about the results from each of the four parks next week, and we'll see if we're, well, who's buying dinner for who. All right, Danny, here we are, part two of the Pixar theory. Have you had any thoughts since the last time we talked about it last week? No, I'm trying not to think about it too much. It does hurt uh, the brain. Because, yeah, if you think about it too much, yeah, you're going to go into it overly. Like, last time, when, and now listening back to the podcast, I was like, man, I just, every single time I heard, like, I, I, my antenna was up because I knew about this part and I knew about that part. Right. So I didn't go back and look at it at all because I wanted to go ahead and listen to it fresh without any... Any kind of preconceived kind of deals happening? Yeah, I had enough preconceived deals. So. All right. So for those following along at home with the, the, the home game, uh, the Pixar theory, we talked about last week, the first half of it. We started with Brave around the 14th and 15th century, um, which is the earliest Pixar story in the timeline. And it introduces us to the concept of animals personified as humans. Okay. Then we move on to the 1950s, 1960s. Now, this is in their particular universe. Uh, you have The Incredibles, which introduced the idea of self-serving AI, as we see developed by the Omnidroid. 
and syndromes uh, inventions and dealing with zero point energy. Okay. And then we move on to Toy Story 2 and we start talking about, you know, he's already getting to a whole idea about the toys or uh, machines or inanimate things starting to rebel against humans and whatnot uh, with that particular advancement in their, I guess, intelligence, so to speak. And we're also talking about on the animal side, the whole thing about the animals getting their, uh, uh, I guess, not for lack of a better term, their intelligence or artificial intelligence <laughs> going up. Yeah. Realizing that they didn't really need to rely on humans as evidence in like uh, Ratatouille and um, uh, up, you know, with the dogs and everything else, being able mm-hmm. to communicate with them. Uh, Toy Story 3, you know, the animals getting, uh, the animals, the toys getting all... Uh, uh, angry and mad you know with the humans they're trashing the earth and all different kinds of stuff or whatever else uh, so on and so forth so that leads us to about well, i'll kind of overlap it this week and start reading from the, the part with toy story 3 and we can start talking about it um you ready i am ready let's delve back into this so by the events of the toy story movies we are in the 90s until 2010 it has been 40 50 years or so since the events of the incredibles giving ai artificial intelligence, plenty of time to develop BNL by and large, all right? So he's suggesting that the, the, um, all those inanimate objects created by and large, okay, to kind of take over the world and everything else. Uh, meanwhile, Pixar is hinting at dissatisfaction amongst pockets of toy civilizations. The toys rise up against Sid in the first movie. Jessie resents her owner, Emily, for abandoning her. Lots of hugging bear straight up hates humans by the third movie. Toys are obviously not satisfied with the status quo, providing a reason for why machines and objects alike are ready to take over. You know, before I go on, Jessie, yeah, she didn't, you know, she wasn't too happy about Emily moving on. But, you know, that's that's just, I think that's a feeling that just comes from abandonment. But I don't, you think she harbors that? No. For the rest of her life to be like, oh, you know, one day I'm going to get these humans, you know, or Emily. (laughs) And again, this is this is, you're getting into what I had a problem with with this theory is that it paints these characters in such a dark, dark light, like a Batman kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> like all this hidden angst and and resentment that mm-hmm. you didn't know was living behind these characters. I mean, he he just straight up put it, puts it in there and you know adds in the stuff that he needs you to to consider. Like, right. yeah, she's really mad with uh with, with Emily, but. Forgets the part that she totally embraced Andy. Yeah. And then she uh, totally embraced um, the little girl in Toy Story 3. Yeah, the new one, yeah. Uh, whose name I'm blanking on. Okay, the one that ended the, sh- the movie on. Bonnie. Bonnie. Oh, come on. Yes. All right. So, yes. anyway. Uh, but, oh. yeah, he totally omits Jesse's uh, embrace of Andy. And then his embrace, uh, her embrace of uh, Bonnie, of Bonnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So again, he kind of he, he's playing fast and loose with the facts here a little bit. Right. Um, the only one that you can really kind of point to, I mean, I guess you can say lots of hugging bears. Lots of, I think, really doesn't like humans. <laughs> I never got that impression though. Really? I mean, he created a whole environment so that he could play with the humans, like the humans could play with him, and he'd have, int- uh, you know, attention. Yes, he oh, had. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're yeah, right. He did have a sense of they, they'll abandon you at some point in time. Right. You can't trust them. Right. But straight out hates them. I mean, it wasn't like he pulled himself. You know, he could have left the daycare if he just couldn't stand being around children. Right. That's true. He loved the attention. It was just, you know, he didn't like the fact that he wasn't number one in their universe right. forever. Right. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I like that. I like that. 
All right, so moving on. Um, so by the 2000s, the superhumans are all but gone, and mankind is vulnerable. Animals who want to rise up Planet of the Apes style have the ability to take over, but we don't see this happen. Also, AI never takes over humans by force. Why do you think that is? It is reasonable to assume the machines did take over, just not as we expected. The machines used B&L, by and large, a faceless corporation which are basically faceless in nature. Okay, makes sense. We don't really see anybody associated with by and large um, dealing with all that. We just happen to see their, their logo and their name um, um, spread all over the place. As far as like big, huge corporation, which is kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway, um, let's see. The machines used BNL, a faceless corporation, uh, to dominate the world starting in the 1960s after the Omnidroid fails to defeat the Incredibles. In each of the Toy Story movies, it's made painfully clear that sentient objects rely on humans for everything, for fulfillment and even energy. It's hinted at that the toys lose all life when put away in storage unless they are in, in a museum that will get them seen by humans. So toys, I guess, eventually want to be seen by humans. Right. You know, that's like, that's like what they want to need. It's like when humans want to be loved kind of a thing. Right? Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on. Uh, so machines decide to control humans by using a corporation that suits their every need, leading to an industrial revolution that eventually leads to pollution. Okay, I guess we're transitioning to Wally. When the animals rise up against the humans to stop them from polluting the earth, who will save them? The machines. We know that the machines will win the war, too, because after this war, there are no animals ever to be seen again on earth. Who's left? And this is when he goes into cars. Wait, well, what? There's yeah. no animals ever to be seen on Earth. Where did he get that from? I'm assuming he thinks he's thinking from Wally how all the humans and animals, life forms, um, got transported to. I forgot the name of the ship. Um, you saw a cockroach. <laughs> yeah, but insect. Okay. I might, uh, you know, animal. I guess right. it's an animal. Yeah. I, don't I mean, he wasn't. I mean, Wally was in the middle of the city. You don't really go away from that. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I never got the impression that... When all the humans are out. And all the animals are extinct? I don't know if they're extinct or they've just been relocated or they can't survive due to human waste and pollution and stuff. Now you got me thinking whether a cockroach is actually considered an animal or not. I would think so. They're part of a... Uh, the, they're, they're insects. Yeah. They're, they're cold-blooded. The no, they're not animals. No, no, no. no they're not cold-blooded. Part of cold-blooded. the animal kingdom? Tough yeah, to be I a guess bug. so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, all right. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, but anyway, he's leading toward. It leads us to cars. You know, um, because the machines uh, tip everything out of balance, Earth becomes an unfit planet for humans and animals. So the remaining humans are put on Axiom, the Noah's Ark. If you want to carry on the biblical theme, he says. Um, moving on. Um, Wally's are basically he says Wally is basically a robot Jesus and his love interest is aptly named Eve. Jesus never got it on with Eve. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So all the humans are put in Axiom as a last ditch effort to save the human race. Um, on Axiom, the humans have no purpose aside from having their needs met by machines. The machines have made humans dependent on them for everything because that is how they were treated as toys. It's all they know, right? So, you know, I guess he's insinuating that the machines are pampering them and treating them like, you know, toys to where they don't ha- they, they they don't need to do anything. They're not relying on anything other than machines to keep them happy. Right. 
I guess that's kind of the idea that we're going for here. So toys have launched a revenge scheme. Using machines? You, well, I no, guess they're part of machines, yeah. I think they've, what he's trying to say is they've evolved into machines. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and as part of this, they're, they're making the and they created the whole, uh, the whole, yeah, they created the advanced, the AI on the stuff. Okay. Um, all right, so moving on. Uh, meanwhile, on Earth, machines are left behind to populate the world and run things, explaining human landmarks and traditions still being prominent in cars. Okay. Um, there now, that, that, again, that's, that's incorrect. Machines are not left behind. Just Wally. Yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, that's... that's but that's one city, though, isn't it? Well, no, but that's like the tagline in the movie. It's like, you know, everyone's es- escaped, but they forgot to turn off the last... They, they forgot to turn off that last guy, that last robot. I thought that's how it was. Like, Because you, you look around now, they did leave other robots there, and that's how Wally gets his parts. But R- Wally was really the only one left, right? Yeah, I think he's the only one left that w- the, that's still running, I believe. But the machines were left to clean up the Earth, I think. Yeah. That's how, that's how it was put forth, is that these, yeah. these machines will go ahead and, and clean up for you while you're gone. But, but really, while, repopulating the Earth. Right. Yeah. And really, but Wally was the only one left. Only one that, yeah, I think that survived and is still clean and doing its job. You can I, see it's just the way he says machines are left behind to populate the world and run things. I get the impression that machines were left to take over. Right. And right. spawn other little machines when really it's like, no... Ma- couple of machines were left behind to clean up the place to get ready for the human's return. It just right. Which I is why know. they sent Eve down to see if life was coming back to the Earth. Exactly. Right, right. Um, let's see. Uh, so, there are no animals, humans, versions because they're all gone, but we do know that the planet still has many human influences left. In Cars 2, the cars go to Europe and Japan, making it plain that this is all taking place on Earth as we know it. So what happened to the cars? We've learned by now that humans are the source of energy for the machines. That's why they never got rid of them. Rid of them. In Wally, they point out that BNL intended to bring the humans back once the planet was clean again, but they failed. The machines on Earth eventually died out, though we don't know. How. We just we just mentioned that too. The machines on Earth eventually died out, though we don't know how. They didn't really explain it. I can just only imagine that you know circuits machines break. You know, circuitry goes haywire, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, sometimes you, you can't bring them back. Um, anyway, what we do know is that there is an energy crisis in Cars 2, with oil being the only way society trudges on despite its dangers. We even learned that All in All Corporation was using green energy as a catalyst for, fuel, for a fuel war in order to turn cars away from alternative energy sources. That clean fuel could have been used to wipe out many of the cars very quickly. Well, yeah, it did, right? It, well, it was planned to, but I don't think it actually got into effect, right? I'm lost. I don't know what he's trying to say. Yeah. Well, he was saying... Let's see. Um, hold on a second. Oh, I don't know about the energy crisis. I'm not too sure if they're running an oil. I mean, like, in one instance, he's like, the machines on Earth eventually died out, though we don't know how. So I guess he's not going to speculate on that. What's else. actually going on, yeah. Yeah, but everything else is uh, pure speculation here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I can, I can only see that they they wanted to keep them into the fossil fuels. Uh, and steer away from, I guess, clean energy. It's almost like, you know, oil, big oil versus every other piece of energy on Earth. I'm not too... I don't know if, it, if that... I know that the all-in-all all could have been used to wipe out the cars as evidence when they're trying to get rid of all the racers and stuff. You know, they, they'd shoot that little laser, but I think that was just like a crime wave. I don't know if that was... That was something that a crime wave started to get people not using all-in-all. So that big oil has their thing, you know? So all the cars were destroyed. 
Yeah, that's what he's saying, it seems like. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Side note, somebody pointed out that all in all means the same thing as by and large, making the connection between Cars and Wally even more appealing. Okay. Um, which brings us back to Wally. Have you ever wondered why Wally was the only machine left? Yes, we just talked about that. Mm-hmm. We know that the movie begins 800 years after humans have left Earth on Axiom, governed by the autopilot, another AI reference. Could it be that Wally's fascination with human culture and friendship with a cockroach is what allowed him to keep finding fulfillment in the ability to maintain his personality? That's why he's special and liberated humans. He remembered the times when humans and machines lived in peace, away from all the pollution caused by both sides. Okay, now that's just flat out wrong. Uh, yeah. Wally didn't exist to liberate humans. Wally just wanted to get with Eve. <laughs> yeah, well, his, his, ultimately his, his, his main mission was to clean. Well, that was what he was programmed to do, but that's the machine in him. Right. That's not the humanity. They're making a case that his humanity is what led him to save the humans. and So his advanced AI. Yeah, I was going to say it was his uh, robot sex drive that led him out to outer space, and he fell in love with Eve. That's all he was concerned about. Right, right. Okay. He wasn't interested in leading a human revolution any more than, you know, yeah, he just wanted to find find his uh, his his soulmate, right? Whose happens whose programming happens to be to find life on Earth for their humans to return. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. Um, all right, let's see. Moving on. Uh, after Wally liberates the humans and they rebuild society back on Earth, what happens then? During the end credits of Wally, we see that the shoe containing the last of the plant life. Okay, during the end credits, we see the, the, the shoe that contains the last of the plant life. It grows into a mighty tree, a tree that strikingly resembles the central tree in a bug's life. So after the humans come back, then the bugs come, the come, bugs come out, I guess, to repopulate the society. Um, that's Where did they spend time? They, they, but I, I guess bugs didn't count as animals? I guess so. I guess they didn't count it as animals okay. in that particular instance. Um, that's right. So the reason no humans exist in a bug's life is because they aren't a lot left. I guess a lot of humans. We know because of the cockroach that some of the insects survived, meaning they would have rebounded a bit faster. Though the movie had to be far enough in the timeline for birds to have returned as well. I'll admit, the trees looking similar isn't enough to support the idea that a bug's life takes place after Wally, but there's definitely more reasons for why it's likely. Also, I'll bring the tree up again later because it shows up in Up as well. Um, I, so the human population just gets back on Earth and they start to repopulate. And I guess he's saying that the, the, animal, the insects were able to get a head start and whatnot. Um, so they were to repopulate quicker because quicker, there were more of them on Earth, I guess. Is that, is that what he's talking about here? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Continuing on. Uh, let's see. There's something strikingly different about a bug's life when compared to other Pixar portrayals of animals, which lead me, leads me to believe that it takes place in the future. Unlike Ratatouille up Finding Nemo, the bugs have many human activities similar to what the rats in Ratatouille were just experimenting with. The bugs have cities, bars, know what a Bloody Mary is, and even have a traveling circus. This all assumes that the movie is in a different time period. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> or, um, Did you or, get that from Bugs Life? I know. <laughs> a different time period? I, uh. I, I was going to say, or they're just bugs who have taken little things to mimic human yeah. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe their AI or their intelligence has advanced to where they can start doing these things. Well, maybe, uh, but I'm just saying, maybe it's just flat out mimicry. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, so. You know, so. It, it, it couldn't be. Well, never mind. They get the intelligence to if they if they want to be a civilized um, nation of insects, and they have to do these particular things as the humans do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they see the humans as being civilized. Uh, uh, how civilization supposed to be? Maybe, perhaps. Perhaps. Anyway, reading on. The other factor that sets a bug's life apart from the other Pixar movies is the fact that it's the only one besides Cars and Cars 2 that doesn't revolve or even include humans. Okay, there's a lot of contention over the idea that a bug's life takes place post-apocalypse. But hear me out. The reason I am so inclined to push the idea is because of how different the bug world from is from the animal movies. No other Pixar movie has animals wearing clothing. Wild inventions, animals creating machines, or so much human influence like bars and cities. In Finding Nemo, the most human thing we see is a school, and even that is pretty stripped down. But in A Bug's Life, we have a world where humans are barely even implied. At one point, one of the ants tells Flick not to leave the island because there are snakes, birds, and bigger bugs out there. He doesn't even like being, he doesn't even like to bring up humans. Yes, there are some humans like the little, like the kid who allegedly picked the wings off the homeless bug, but that still fits a post Wall-E world. Also, yeah, I guess, I guess he's, okay, okay. Anyway, moving on. Also, the bugs have to be irradiated for them to live such a long lifespans. The average lifespan of an ant is just three months, but these ants will survive an entire summer and allude to being around for quite some time. One of these ants even says that he feels 90 again. That works if you accept that the ants are sturdier due to evolution and mutated genes. How do you like that? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's an- uh, Moving on. There's another Pixar movie that was supposed to be released in 2012, but was canceled repla- and replaced with Brave. This movie was called Newt. Have you heard this? Uh, I heard of it. But I, didn't, I didn't hear that. You never heard of Newt? No, that's, okay. that's new. That's, that's news to me. When I first read this theory, I, I didn't realize. I had to look that up. But anyway, all right. This movie was called New, and I believe it might have fit the part of the timeless post-Wally. The movie's supposed plot. What happens when the last remaining male and female blue-footed newts on the planet are forced together by science to save the species, and they can't stand each other? That would have been cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen that. A movie about an endangered species rebuilding itself could lend itself nicely to this theory, but since the movie was never released, I'm just speculating. Okay. So what happens? Humanity, machines, and animals grow in harmony to the point where a new super species is born. Monsters. The monster civilization is actually Earth in the incredibly distant future. And he says that somebody wisely pointed out that in Monsters University, the college is said to be founded in 1313. If we're really in the future, then that means the monsters could have, been, could have reset society and begun using their own calendar. Or... I'm thinking maybe this is an alternate universe. I, that's where, where I'm leaning. Yeah, where they're in 1313, whereas we're in 2000 something. Yeah. Yeah, they started something different. But the reset thing, I guess it's okay. I can, I can live with that too, maybe. Anyway, uh, this could mean that Monsters Inc. takes place, takes place up to 1400 or more years after a bug's life. Where do they come from? It's possible that the monsters are simply personified animals mutated after the diseased earth was radiated for 800 years. Okay. The bugs live longer because of radiation. And I guess some of the animals that were on Earth, like mutated. the birds and stuff, mutated because of the you know uh, contact from radiation. 
the contact high, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, the alternative could be that humans and animals had to interbreed to save themselves. Gross, I know. But plausible since the lines between animals and humans are constantly up for debate in Pixar. You know, I, I, I don't know about the interbreeding thing. I mean, that could be fine, maybe in the big city. But I'm thinking that I like the original theory about the radiation and the, you know, the, uh, advancing their intelligence and such. Yeah, I'm with that. I don't like to think about interbreeding humans with animals. getting it on with cats and dogs. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, whatever the reason, these monsters seem to look horribly mut- look like horribly mutated animals, only larger and civilized. Yeah, they go to schools and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They have cities and even colleges, as we see in Monsters University. An issue, as we see, oh, they have cities and even colleges that we see in Monsters University. I'm gonna read that again. They have cities and even colleges, as we see in Monsters University. An issue some have found is that this doesn't properly explain what happened to humans. I haven't settled on a theory I really like yet, but I'm leaning towards the idea that monsters and machines eventually forgot that they need humans and got rid of them again. That's pretty morbid. Yeah, the whole thing is very morbid. It's dark, man. Yeah. It's dark. Anyway, not realizing their mistake until all humans died out, leading to the necessity for time travel, which plays key. Another explanation is that humans just couldn't survive on Earth anymore. In Monsters, Inc., they have an energy crisis because they're in a future Earth without humans. Humans are the source of energy, but thanks to the machines, again, the monsters find a way to use doors to travel to the human world. Only it's not different dimensions. So they're trying to say that the machines are running monsters, the monster world? Uh. So the machines? I guess the machines are providing the tools for the monsters to exist. The machine, well, it's funny. The animals, the monsters need machines to do what they need to do to get energy. Energy which the machines need. So I guess in that circle, that might make sense. Mm-hmm. The machines give the monsters the ability to give the machines what they need, which is energy. Provided that there is actually is an energy crisis, as alluded to in the in previous paragraphs, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So he says it's not different dimensions. The monsters are going back in time. So they're not going to a different dimension where the monsters universe and the um, the human universe. He says they're going back in time to where humans existed to get the energy. They're harvesting energy to keep from becoming extinct by going back to when humans were most prominent, the peak of civilization, if you will. Though a lot of time has passed, animosity towards humans never really went away for animals and monsters. Monsters must have re- re- relied on anti-human instincts to believe they're just that believe that just touching a human will corrupt their world like it did in the past. Okay, I see that. They mm-hmm. don't they don't like having humans or anywhere in their in their world. So they scare humans to gather their energy until they realize that laughter, green energy, is more efficient because it is positive in nature. And he goes and say an alternative explanation that fits even better that some of you brought up. The machines and monsters created the time travel doors, but realized that messing with time could erase their existence and change history. So they falsely trained monsters to believe that humans are toxic and from another dimension, making it suicide for monsters to interact too much with their world. Okay. Mm. Plausible, maybe. We even see a connection between A Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc. via the trailer we see in both movies. By trailer, literally like a camper trailer. 
As you can see, the trailer looks exactly the same, except the one in A Bug's Life is noticeably older and more decrepit, while the one in Monsters, Inc., where Randall is sent via door, has humans and looks newer. That was kind of interesting. I dug that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if they travel, if they truly are traveling back in time, then the camper that you see in the Bugs Life would be definitely, which should be older than the one when they go back in time to where humans were, right? Because there obviously wasn't a human in that camper. At least it wasn't suggested. I didn't see anything. Do you remember? I don't remember. What in the Bugs Life? In the Bugs Life, yeah, in that camper. It looks like there's a light on within the camper, but um... the Bugs Life is the one on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't look like there's a light on to you? No, I don't, I don't see it. I, see, I don't see a light. Okay. Oh, well, maybe. Well, that could be a sun. That could be. That could be like the, the shadow from the awning. Maybe. Anyway, and listeners, look at the picture on the website, and you can you can judge for yourself and see. But you know the one in uh, where Randall goes back in time? There's definitely humans sitting in there. You can see the silhouettes, right? Yeah. So Okay, so that's plausible. All right. Um, look at the picture above. On the left is the trailer from Bugs Life, and the one right... Okay, so we already read all that. Um... Oh, okay. The one on the left looks older, more run down. Even the vegetation is noticeably drier and there's less of it. The trailer on the right has humans and the frame even includes tall grass and a tree hanging overhead. Some have argued that the trailer in A Bug's Life should be nothing but dust. I disagree based on how barely intact other buildings were in WALL-E. They also bring up the bug zapper that's powered by electricity. The zapper could easily be solar powered, just like WALL-E. The bugs probably use it as a light source to signal to other bugs to Bug City. Also, the trailer in A Bug's Life never shows lights in the trailer like it does for Monsters, Inc. Okay, so that must be, there must be no lights in A Bug's Life when you see the trailer. Well, as it says, never show lights in the trailer like it does for Monsters, Inc. Like, in Monsters, Inc., it's very, very clear. Mm-hmm. In this one, not so much. Right, 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 right. Let me read that again. That said, Monsters, Inc. is so far the most futuristic Pixar movie. By the end, humans, animals, and machines have finally found a way to understand each other and live harmoniously. And then there's Boo. What do you think happened to her? She saw everything take place in the future Earth where Kitty was able to talk. She became obsessed with finding out what happened to her friend Sully and why animals in her time weren't quite as smart as the ones she'd seen in the future. She remembers that the doors are key to how she found Sully in the first place and becomes a witch. Yes, Boo is a witch from Brave. She figures out how to travel in time to find Sully and goes back to the source, the Will of the Wisps. There are what started everything, and as a witch, she cultivates this magic in an attempt to find Sully by creating doors going backwards and forwards in time. Just to clarify, the theory is that Boo discovered a way to use doors to travel through time on her own, possibly by developing magic on her own. She probably went back in time to the Dark Ages to get more magic from the Will of the Wisps. How do we know? In Brave, you can briefly see a drawing in the workshop. It's Sully. Okay, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that reference. We even see the Pizza Planet truck carved as a wooden toy in her shop, which makes no sense unless she's seen one before, and I'm sure she has since that truck is in literally every Pixar movie. If you look closely, you can see the carved truck below. Okay, I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. You remember Merida opening doors and a witch constantly disappearing? See, I still haven't seen that. And I, I haven't heard from any of the listeners that they've seen it either. Yeah, constantly. That, that, yeah. that is just not true. That's, I mean, he's stating a definite, and I, I've yet to see that. I, I want somebody to reference this for us. So, listeners, if you happen to see this happening, give us a time when it happens in the DVD or Blu-ray. I want to see this. But anyway, it's because those doors are made the same way from Monsters, Inc. They transport across time, and that's why Merida couldn't find the witch. 
A lot of people have brought up how Easter eggs are scattered throughout all the Pixar movies. I barely scratched the surface, but a great theory offered by some that I support is that these Easter eggs are planted by Boo either intentionally or accidentally as she travels through time to find Sully. Some support for that is the fact that every Easter egg in Brave lies in her workshop. Now, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I haven't had a chance to really cross-reference that to look and compare it to Easter eggs, but, I mean, I don't know. It could be true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that office. There's a lot of Easter eggs out there in Pixar movies, you know, two of which being the ones he mentioned, Planet, uh, Planet Hollywood, <laughs> uh, Pizza Planet Truck, and, and Sully, Carving a Sully. Right. But wait, how did Boo travel in time in the first place, and why is she obsessed with wood? Boo must have discovered that wood has been the source of energy all along, not just humans. The machines and monsters in Monsters, Inc. use doors because they're made of wood and found a way to use that energy to travel in time. Obsessed with finding Sully, Boo traveled across the Pixar universe using doors. It's even possible that the wood from the tree in A Bug's Life is a source of Flick's ingenuity. This almost sounds Avatar-ish. The (laughs) the tree of life, you know, you get get the source of his, his, his thinking. Anyway. Um, due to his fascination and respect for seeds growing into trees. The tree also bears a resemblance to the one in Up that Carl and Ellie frequented, which could be the source of Carl's wild creativity in using balloons to transport his house. So they're saying this tree energy gives inspi- knowledge gives knowledge and, and, and clarity to what you need to do in a given situation, mm-hmm. right? I don't know what to think of that. I, 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 I don't know about that one. I, I, I don't know about that one. You know, it it sounds like almost biblical, like, you know, yeah. don't eat from the tree of knowledge kind right. of thing. The tree of knowledge. All right. So anyway, this also explains why Flick and Heimlich from A Bug's Life show up in Toy Story 2. Boo was trying to go, see, go to the future and could have fallen short by landing the post Wally time. She would need wood to keep time traveling, but there's not much around yet. So she stumbles upon a tree in A Bug's Life. She could have accidentally brought back a few bugs with her when traveling backwards in time. So this is kind of like the dinosaur in, uh, in Countdown to Extinction that kind of hops around on the time-traveling person. Right. Um, so Boo went back to the Dark Ages, probably because she could use plenty of wood there for her experiments or to study the Will of the Wisps. We know that her first encounter with Mordu ended up with her turning him into a monstrous bear, but he regresses. She probably wanted to turn him into a bear because Sully resembled a bear, Kitty. And she is still trying to figure out where Sully comes from. Does Boo ever find Sully? I'd like to think so. He surely reunited with her at least once as a child at the end of Monsters, Inc. But eventually he had to stop visiting. But her love for Sully is, after all, the crux of the entire Pixar universe. The love of different people of different ages and even different species finding ways to live on Earth without destroying it because of a lust for energy. And that is the Pixar theory. More will be added to it undoubtedly when Pixar's next movie, The Good Dinosaur, comes out in 2014. A side note, The Good Dinosaur is supposed to be about an alternate universe where dinosaurs never went extinct because a meteor never wiped them out. They have humans as pets in this alternate reality. My theory is that this alternate universe explains why so many things in Pixar's universe are different from ours. It's because evolution was never interrupted by a worldwide catastrophe. Humans evolved into supers and animals gained sentience faster, accelerating the apocalypse for resources that could do the same for our timeline. To our timeline. Oh, and Dinoco from Toy Story is a loose but fun connection to speculate on. Until then, if you have anything to and he goes, you know how to get in touch with him. So, basically, he's saying that this alternate universe was created because there was, was no Ice Age. 
Okay. Allowing things to progress like they would have. There was no natural catastrophe, right? Nothing wiped out the dinosaurs. Things overlap. Things get, I guess, super involved without interruption. So we, but isn't putting this into an alternate reality messing up the idea that they all exist within one universe? Well, I mean, if that once, reality- you, once you go into any alternate reality, they no longer exist in all the universe, right? In, in the same universe. He has to logically explain why dinosaurs and humans are living together. Isn't that true? Well, I think he's talking about they're all in the same universe, but at different points of the timeline. Yeah, that's what. Okay. And, right. and that's cool. If he can do that. I don't that, see how he's done that, though. Yeah, I think that's what he's arguing here. Or at least he's still working on, on, on proving that, this whole, that all the Pixar movies live within some alternate universe but they exist within different timelines and they have the ability to time travel. It sounds like to me then if, if that's what he's going with, it sounds like to me that it just so happened that dinosaurs all died out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Even without the ice age. Right. Even without the ice age. But then where they, I guess, I, I guess that's what he's saying too, is that the good dinosaur will probably answer some of these questions that we're having right now. Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I'm be, I'll be curious to see when that comes out, how this fits into the theory. I think of this working. But yeah, when you boil it down, it all goes to a love of a, uh, of, of a human and her pet. I guess the, I guess the animals and the machines would be really angry at me for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Call, calling an animal her pet. <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you think about all this, man? This, I know this, we said last week, was kind of mind-blowing. It's, it's rather interesting to read. I had to read it a couple of times myself to kind of fully understand the point that was going on. But, you know, it's a nice thought, but it's kind of dark. It is insanely dark. It really, it destroys your love of these movies to yeah. think this way. I mean, I totally get it. Everyone has their way of expressing their fandom. We do a podcast. Right. Where we sit here and scrutinize and, and, and beat topics to death over little minute things that we so happen to either enjoy or dislike about right. a company. Um, just because we're so fascinated and interested in it. But to me, that's the kind of talk that fans have. Right. This is going a level beyond fandom, Yeah. I think. Uh, just just my opinion. This is going a level beyond fandom and really kind of taking something... To maniacal yeah. states, standards, yeah. so to speak? I don't know whether or not Pixar should give him a job or if, you know, somebody needs to... Take his movies away. <laughs> Give him a little time to, to, to come back down and join yeah. the rest of us. It's interesting, though. You know, the people like that, they're able to think of that level. You know, I mean, Walt, I guess, would say that. Super thinker. But no, I don't see. That's one of the things. I don't really give him credit for that. Yeah. I give Crack credit for that. No, they that's came true. up with this whole concept. All he did was like, okay, let me make it happen. Let me, let me think about this as logically and as. Um, Fit into whatever he was trying to yeah, portray. Let me let me get this square peg in this round hole as best as possible. Interesting. And it was a good idea to, to expound upon. Right. But I mean, you quickly read it and it just falls apart right. because there's right. just no way to do it. Right. Um, I, you know, I again, I applaud the effort as I'd applaud anybody who expresses their fandom, be it by doing a podcast or doing yeah. pictures or doing their own cartoon or whatever it is that they need to do to express their fandom. Right. But. Again, this doesn't sound like he's a fan of the films. This, and I'm sure he is. Right. But it doesn't come across well in this. It comes across as, okay, and so uh, all of the toys in Toy Story just secretly hated humans. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, wait, in order to accept your theory, I have to accept that thought. And that just is such a disturbing thought to put in my head right. over a movie that I like. I right. can't. I'm sorry, dude. I can't walk with you down this path. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It is definitely a level of thinking that I'm, I'm not on no. or not want to be on at least, you no. know, but it's, it's interesting that he, he was able, like you said, expresses his fandom in this particular way that he was able to kind of put all these things together and kind of link it. Not only that, I mean, in order to make it happen, he, I think he introduces like three apocalypses. Right. I mean, the <laughs> earth almost ends three or four times. Humans get wiped out. They get brought back. They, animals are he just destroys and creates civilizations yeah. that will to make this lame theory oh. work <laughs> so I guess you're not a big fan of this one no it's not that I'm not a big fan of it I like again the expression of fandom and, and taken to that that kind of extreme uh, level more or less I would well, say yeah taken or to an a alternate level, level? <laughs> taken to a level of expression is fine it's just you know again and, and I know it's Probably not his intention to, but for me, I, I don't know how any Pixar fan could really embrace this theory because right. it forces you to think about things in these movies that are happening that, hey, I mean, it just flat out doesn't make any sense. I mean, right. he's using Easter eggs to point to further his points, but he's ignoring other Easter eggs. Yeah. Like the fact that the characters from A Bug's Life are all in, you know, um, are all in Toy Story. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, in Toy Story 2. Uh, well, he tries to, I guess he tries to explain that by the fact that Boo, Boo was the linking thing for all this, I think. That they might have hitched a ride with Boo accidentally when she was chopping down wood and they happened to be on the wood. When she was chopping down wood, they happened to be on the wood. She came back to Woody's time and showed up at Andy's house and dropped Yeah, because uh, she was on her search for Sully. And, and then they took a picture of those characters and put them on a calendar that, that was hung in Andy's room and then... Because that's where the Bugs Life characters are. You got Heimlich. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Who's on the leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, they break the fourth wall in these Pixar movies all the time where they kind of, hey, we're filming a movie here. Right, right. You know, how do you explain that? Right. And that, I mean, Pixar is telling you right now it's all a movie. These these aren't toys. They're they're actors. Yeah. You know, what you call it? The Bugs. They're not really, you know, Bugs. They're they're actors. Right, right. Um, they, they, They do that all the time in the, well, I don't know if they've done a blooper reel recently. That I can remember. I like those blooper reels in the I Toy Story. Them. Those are funny. Those are great. Did Monsters Inc. do a blooper reel? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know Monsters University. They didn't do a blooper reel, but they showed how uh, Mike and Sully moved up the company. Yeah, I remember that. Well, and they had that last scene where the guy finally gets to class and semester's over. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's th- those little Easter eggs in there. I'm. Um, with Mike Wazowski swimming and finding Nemo. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he talks about that, but I forgot where. I might have. I might have. I might have seen that somewhere. If, else. So, if they're so paranoid of, of humans, why is he just going out and taking a dip? And, <laughs> and they don't have water in the future. I guess. Is that I don't know. I, I would, they should. <laughs> they should have water or I something. Mean, there, um, there was a kid in Toy Story three. He had a Lightning McQueen T-shirt. On. Right. What was that about? Right. I, maybe ninety five car came alive. I mean, he just. As the more as you get into it, the, the crazier it sounds. I guess you could fit into, like, that's the time when humans and machines overlapped a little bit. No, no, he didn't say that, did he? As far as I know, no. I don't know. My brain hurts with all this, man. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I, I'm giving you the first thought, and then, like, if, when you come back to me, you're like, maybe, maybe that, I don't know. Could be. Who knows? That's my favorite part of all this. It's like, okay, so in the future, what happens is, is that animals hate uh, humans and so machines didn't take over and that's why we know all humans are gone. Right. 
we don't know what happened with this because we can only speculate. It's like this whole thing is speculation. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. man, let's end this. So, Please. Pixar theory is done, gang. With our apology. With our. <laughs> Hopefully, you enjoyed it. I'm like, man, I if, hope so, if y'all have any thoughts, let us know. I'll be if there's something we're missing here, let it help us out. Especially if you know when the witch disappears. For goodness' sake, tell me. <laughs> I looked at it again this past week, and I can't see it. I don't, I don't see her walking through doors. But magicourway at gmail.com. And you know what? That really didn't help because what? we started off the Pixar theory. That was like the very first thing that you had to accept right. is that she was disappearing in and out of doors. And we're like, okay, let's put it on Brave. Make sure because it's like, do you remember that? No. Do you? No. Let's put it on. And we couldn't find it. And we couldn't find it. Right. Especially he uses the word constantly. <laughs> Shit. That, uh, like it's an absolute definite. Immediately at that point in time, A, we're going off on the bad path, and B, your credibility is just shot. Yep, so. yep. Yay! I'm actually happy to hear that music. I'm so glad that Pixar theory is over with. I know, it's very relaxing. I kind of <laughs> like it, man. We're, at, we're Well, as you know by the sound of that tone, that dulcet tone, we're at the end of another recording of Magic Our Way. And if you made it all the way through this, congratulations. If you made it through both shows, congratulations. <laughs> we appreciate it. You know, so, uh, uh, yeah, if you have any thoughts about that, man, let us know. Again, magicourway at gmail.com. We want to hear from the listeners. Let us know what your thoughts. And, in fact, we did hear from one of our listeners. Actually, we got two emails. Um, and you guys heard me talk about Lee again. And, and uh, Lee, I'm going to read one of your emails. We're going to talk about the other ones where you're catching up and, and talk about them and, and, and share your thoughts. But I'm going to do this email. But he sent in something regarding a possible topic, which would be pretty cool. Anyway, uh, he says, just thoughts that came to my mind while catching up on podcasts this week. What would New Orleans be like today if Walt Disney World would have, build, would have been built there instead of Orlando? Better, worse, what about Katrina's impact if the park would have been hit? And then another topic he puts out, where else in America can Disney build a park? What would be the best place? Is it even possible today? Hmm. Things that made you go, hmm. You know, I didn't even think about that Katrina thing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, it really does make me happy that they didn't build down here. No. Right, right, right. And the way <laughs> Never everything turned even out. It occurred to me that, it, yeah, it's probably a great idea. I mean, you know, Florida is no stranger to hurricanes, absolutely. But uh, they seem to handle it a little bit better. Yeah. Or recover quicker than we do. So over here. That, that's an interesting thought. We're, we're going to have to probably think about this, Lee. Thank you for sharing that with us, man. We're going to ponder on those two. Because, you know, the other thing that where else would you build it if you had to build another park? If there was going to be a third park resort area what would you do or where well, would you put it much like disney's america i guess it would depend on the theme yeah like, you i know, guess so um you have you need some land lots yeah. of land <laughs> 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 maybe in an orange grove yeah an orange grove orange county something with orange in it. something with something that deals deals with oranges wow no nah, i mean I, I don't know like again it depends on like I think it may be a better topic if maybe we were to go ahead and do it like, okay, if Disney was to do the living, not the living seas, Disney seas. The Disney sea? Yeah. If Disney was, do, if they were to do Disney seas, where, where in the I'm continental United States right. would you put it? Oh, that's a good question. You could put it on the Great Lakes. It need, need to be some more water. It could be New Orleans. Mm, could be. Or, you know, I was thinking it was like Disney does the Ice Age or something or Disney, Disney on Ice. Not Disney on Ice. <laughs> no, not Disney on Ice. <laughs> they, they do that one. They do yeah. that one already, yeah. Uh, I'm talking about like, you know, like put it up in Canada, man. 
and then like, like yeah, have it like a like a winter based. I mean, heck, they got Pixar movie called Frozen coming out. Yeah, you know Th- that's Pixar. I thought it was Disney. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, Frozen. Yeah, it's a, you're right. It's a Disney. Yeah, it is Disney. Yeah, because Pixar put out Monsters University. Right. Anyway, yeah, man, two league, great two topics, man, to to consider, and we're, we're going to definitely keep that on our list of things to talk about. We thank you for sending that in, and your other email we will address on next week's show. We're going to kind of spread you out a little bit, kind of like butter, <laughs> and butter's a good thing. Absolutely. All right. Again, the next thing we're uh, uh, going to keep remind the listeners is that uh, Lee's uh, not Lee, uh, Bob's going to have his poll up on All in WDW. So um, go vote, man. Go vote. We're talking about quick service restaurants in Animal Kingdom. If you remember, we did our little bet, and you were our witness. I, I, I bet on Flame Tree, and Danny uh, went with his heart and went with Yak and Yeti. I did. Even though he thinks Flame Tree is going to win. I do, you know? but I think people out there, if they're honest with themselves, right? Yak and Yeti is the better place. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign for... Either way, guys, go exercise your right to vote and go vote on this poll because I want to... I want to see some decent results. And then next week, go vote on that poll. I want to see what the best quick service option is in Walt Disney World as proposed by the people in all in WDW, the Liners group, as well as the Magic R-Way we should, listeners. We should totally do that every week, by the way. Whatever the new poll of the week is, make our, make our dinner bet. Yeah, we should. I yeah. like that. I like that. I like his polls. They're great polls. Oh, absolutely. You know? Do a little cross-promotion. Go cross-promotion. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to us on Friday, our release date, then he's got round one up. If you're listening to us on Saturday, that's round two. Hopefully, you get a chance to see what round was. And then he'll announce the winner of that animal kingdom bracket on sunday and also bob man you can follow him on facebook uh he's got uh, you can search for bob all in wdw um uh, facebook.com slash pages slash all in wdw and you know i'll put the link in our show notes so you can find all that and also you can find uh bob and twitter too as well so go ahead and subscribe to those few places all in wdw underscore com uh, that's so that on Twitter he's at all in WDW underscore com, and um, you can and follow you know you can subscribe to his uh, website you know he has a little pay a little portion on the bottom right side right right column where you can plug your email in you can get all his updates like this past week I was able to get all his updates from his adventures from the food and wine festival uh, pre-show tasting so to speak so you can kind of get a little heads up on what goodies are going to happen and who knows me we may even have him on the show after his uh, food and wine experience to talk about it because you know that's one thing that I want to get back to mm-hmm. is experiencing food and wine again I did it once and that was once uh, once is all I needed man that was just a freaking awesome yes. experience and, you know, I guess I'll have to live vicariously through Bob. <laughs> so anyway, that's all in WDW, A-L-L-I-N-W-D-W dot com. You can find him on his website, and his blog and keep up with his day to day. And on that note, for us, you can follow us on Twitter at Magic Our Way or you can find us on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Magic Our Way. And you can get in touch with us at our email, Magic at Gmail dot com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and uh, uh, a rating on iTunes. And you know what I found out? And this isn't a second email, but I was, I'll go ahead and toss it anyway. You know, you know the guy that left us a review, Lasto, LL, uh, that's Lee. Yeah. <laughs> he saw that. Uh, so anyway, thanks for that, man. And also, too, if you like our show, man, share, tweet it out, share, share it with your friends. You know, spread the word to the rest of your Disney fans or friends. I know it's kind of hard because some of our friends aren't as big a Disney fans as us. We know the pain that you go through when you try to explain your obsession. But... <laughs> There are a couple chosen few. 
I just happen to be do, doing one one of them. You know, we do a podcast mm-hmm. that understand what it's like to be obsessed with this thing called Disney. So tell them about our show and, you know, let them know that we're listening and we are listening to you guys. So hopefully we're here, get some more emails and stuff and want to get some participation on our show. And I hope all of you have a great week. And next week we'll come back with a fresh new topic, something a little more uplifting. Please. Something that will keep our brains not so dark. Well, G23, right? I mean, the, shouldn't yeah. that be going on right around that time? That should be coming around. So we will have, we'll have to definitely lots to talk about next week. So until then, gang, my name is Kevin. My name is Danny. Magic out. All right, first up in the queue, uh, the festival of the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, you, now, I don't know. This whole show is just thrown off in a weird direction. <laughs> You're doing good, man. You're doing good. Okay. That's, so that, that'll probably end the show uh, blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first up, uh, uh, that, 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 that. I cannot get this thing working. Maybe we're just too over eager. I don't know. I know. Maybe we are. Yeah, maybe we're too an- anticipatory. All right. So anyway. All right, Danny. So last. Oh, uh, no, that's not what <laughs> I want to start with. I did the same mistake. All right. Wait. So last week. Now, we I hope if about you're doing a blooper reel with me, you leave all this stuff in. No, I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that. I'll, I'll, I'll make the same fairness. Well, what was I going to say? Oh, my God. I can't wait to throw all this Pixar theory stuff away.